Good morning, everybody. Today, we'll be learning Daf Lamed Aleph in Moseches Nazir, which means we're starting a new parak, very short parak, and then it's leading into the Chasana. We don't know what the next few days will bring. It turns out we know we never know what anything brings. Uh, for good or for bad, it should always be for good. But be that as it may, uh, this takes us to Lamed Dalid. So we might already uh, the wedding is coming up, so we may already be on the. Right, sixth parak on the next parak when we uh, when when we resume, it'll probably be Tuesday, maybe tomorrow, maybe Tuesday. But let's see. Okay, so let's get what we can. The truth of the matter is, this first Mishnah brings up all of the all of the topics. It's called Hekdesh Tos. What is Hekdesh Tos? Let's read without further ado. Beit Hekdesh Tos Hekdesh. Wow, fundamental idea. Beit Shammai say that if you make if you makdish something uh, inadvertently. Uh, in other words, you were trying to be, let's say, mekadesh something, and or makdesh something to the uh, as a korban, but you were makdesh something else. That something else still becomes hekdesh. What would be a scenario? So let's let's get to it. Lamed alf, lamed alf. What does the mission say? Uveisil uh, main hekdesh. Right. So this sounds like a fundamental machlokas. Basil said, no, you have to know what you're doing. You can't pay. The uh, lease to the wrong company. It doesn't work. Very, that's an inside joke. Okay, Sad. Okay, so what would be the scenario where you'd have this machlokas? So, Amar, Shor, Shachar, Shayetzim, Basi, Rishon, Hereyo, Hektish. So, a uh, person says, the, okay, so the language is going to become important here and it's going to become the subject of the Gemara. But the person says, the black ox that will come out of my house first will be, I will be Makdashit. Okay? So, and the white ox comes out. So that's the test case. Shammai is going to say that even though you anticipated the black ox, a white ox came out, uh, and still in all, that white ox becomes hektesh. So what happens is, and we will see in the Gemara, I have to give it away, Barry, because it doesn't make so much sense. We will see in the Gemara that Ultimately, one of the one of the ways to understand this is that even though you said something erroneous and it sounds like an ambiguous way, we're not going to assume, according to Beit Shammai, that you only wanted to be makdish this ox if it was the white one that was going to come out, but rather you wanted to be makdish an ox. You thought it was going to be the black one. Okay, so the white one came out, but your intention was to be Makdash and Ox. Okay? That is going to carry the day, according to Beit Shammai, and therefore that Hekdesh will, in fact, apply to the Ox. Whereas Beit Shammai is reading your words more literally. You said Black Ox, White Ox came out, and therefore, not only that, you said Black Ox and the first Ox that comes out. Well, that never happened, right? Because the first Ox that came out was White. And therefore, nothing's going to be Hekdesh here, according to Beit Shammai. That's what it sounds like. Okay, the Gemara is going to kick this around. Now the Mishnah is just going to give us more examples. Each example, one could say, is a bigger Chiddush, as follows. Right? So another scenario would be you're reaching into your pocket, let's say, and you say, you know, the first golden dinar that comes out is going to be Hekdish, and sure enough, Allah shall kasef, a silver one comes out. So, you know, that's already a qualitatively different. It has a different value, right? And yet it's a coin. And therefore, Bechami Amim Hekdesh. Again, they're going to assume that you meant the first coin that comes out. Even though that's not what you said. So maybe your language isn't precise. 
where your intention is assumed to be that you're going to be makdish the first thing that comes out, and therefore that coin will be hektish. If still remain hektish, but still say, no, you said it's going to be a gold coin, you got a silver coin, therefore your words will not be right resulting in a hektish on that silver coin. And finally, the last, third and last case, so here, uh, it's true that they're both in a barrel, but now we're not even talking about a coin versus a coin. Now it's really apples and oranges, as it were, or wine and, and oil. You thought the barrel had wine in it, it had oil in it, but I still say, Omer Hekdesh, I guess your intention was, whatever the contents of the barrel would be, that was going to be Hekdesh. Whereas, Basil, Omer Meino Hekdesh, you said wine, sure enough, it's oil, and therefore, it's Eino Hekdesh. So let's analyze this. Why would Bechamai and Basil hold as they do? Says the Gemara. Bechamai, Omer Hekdesh. My Tamai, the Bechamai. Why would Bechamai hold like they do? Says the Gemara, the Alfinan Tchilas Hekdesh, Misof Hekdesh. Okay, so the first thing that we're assuming. Now, it's, it's, it's actually fascinating, right? Because, again, the first words of our Mishnah is hekdish. It sounds like a fundamental concept, right? That when somebody makes a hekdish betos, it's hekdish. So maybe it's a hekdish topic. What's tchilas hekdish himself hekdish? So there's a rush, the very first rush on top. Tamura kari self hekdish. Lefisha kedushasa ba mikoach acheres. What's the case? That, let's say, right, a person is, is makdish an animal to be a korban, okay? And then he sees another animal that looks much better and he's, he becomes in a, right, in a burst of inspiration. He says, no, 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 I want to be makdish that animal. That second animal looks better. So the halacha is, you can't do that, right? You already designated an animal for your korban. And so we learn in Tamura, which is one of the Masechtos, as we, that we've already been uh, talking about here in Nazir, we learn that, in fact, even though you cannot do that, right, you cannot substitute an animal that you already designated for a korban with another animal, even though you thought it might have been better or whatever the motivation was, both animals become hekdesh. That is hekdesh toos, in the sense that it was not done, it's not that it was a mistake per se, or at least it wasn't uh, uh, like an accidental thing where like, like paying the wrong leasing company. It was more like you didn't know the halacha, right? You didn't understand that, that you couldn't do it. And yet we see that it has impact, right? The hekdesh, in fact, becomes chal, so to speak, right? Is actually imposed on both animals in that scenario. The initial one that you designated and the second one. So that's what the Russians are saying. That's what means sof hekdesh. That sof hekdesh means that you had an initial hekdesh that you already established in an animal to be designated as a carbon. And now there's this additional hekdesh that overflows, so to speak, into the second animal. That's the concept of tamura. And that's what the Gemara continues to explain, right? Ma tamura afilobatos, af hekdesh afilobatos. So just like tamura, which is the second animal, right? The spillover hektesh, as we'll call it, right? Just like that would become hektesh. So, so too, even the initial hektesh, af hektesh, even the initial hektesh that you'd be, because remember, our case with the, with the bull, nothing was, everything was chulin, right? There was no hektesh. It's an initiation of a hektesh on an animal in the first place. 
So the big Chiddush of Beit Shammai, at least according to this initial explanation of the Gemara, is that you can make a hekdesh out of thin air, betos, right? Just like you can do so in the context of Tamura, create a hekdesh on a second animal, betos, so too you could create a hekdesh out of thin air, betos, and, to, and, and so it's a different kind of tos, right? The tos of a Tamura is that you didn't know that you couldn't, that you couldn't switch, and the Taos in our case is that you thought a different ox in our Mishnah was going to come out. But whatever erroneous assumption you had, just having the intention of Hekdesh is enough to impart Hekdesh on something. Just like that happens in Tamura erroneously, so too it happens in our Mishnah erroneously, albeit for a different kind of Taos, but, but that's how it works. That's the suggestion of our Mishnah. So what would Beisel say to that? Well, it would be obvious Birnbaum was not was, was saying, of course, we still owe him honey, mealy, tamura. Yeah, tamura is a special din. Achuse, the article um, defines as investing, which it really means initial investment, which is to say, to take something that was entirely chulin, right? So this is what Basil is saying, that, you know, with tamura, where you already, this is how I would explain it. With Tamura, where you already have a hectish on an animal, now all it's doing is transferring to another animal. So that is the halacha of Tamura. But to say that you can just establish an erroneous hectish, you know, out of thin air, what we would call yeshmi ein, where there had not been hectish before, is a totally different thing, right? Achusa hectish betos lemachtinan to to uh, right the power invested in me. That's that kind of investment to invest an animal. With hekdesh, without any other animal having prior hekdesh, that's not the halacha of tamura. That's a halacha out of thin air. You could do that. You could establish an initial hekdesh in something. Betaos? That doesn't sound like it's possible. Again, Bechamai will say, well, maybe it is possible because after all, we have a precedent for a accidental hekdesh. So, you know, all right, it's in the context of tamura. But maybe it could be applied to every aspect, every content, you know, every example of accidental hectic. Uh, okay. So now the Gemara says, wait a minute. So now we're going to pile on Beit Shammai and say, does he really make any sense? This would be the question. What if a guy said something that would not be possible at all? Let's say the guy, and this is what the rush actually uh, has the whole development of it. I'll say it outside in this case. Um, it's uh, I'll, actually the, the rush explains it's exerus akasiv by tamura, but I'll just uh, to, to to point you to it may take too much time. But basically, the, I'll read just these three uh, narrow lines in the rush. Avalashanos mashahotzi befiv kihai lo ashkechan de kadosh. Right, Kitamura, uh, as follows. It says like this. What would be the case if he said, back in the Gemara, Okay, so now this guy is, is a different, is, is really getting uh, creative. The first guy we had, it was kind of like an off-the-cuff right decision. He already created a hectic on an animal, then he sees another beautiful animal walking by, and in a burst of inspiration, he says, oh, no, I, I'm going to now be makdish this animal. Okay, that's the, that's the first case we had of Tamura. But what would you say if a person, in the beginning, says two animal, sees two animals, 
and says right off the bat, you know what, this, this animal is going to be makdish for the first half of the day, and then I'm going to be makdish the second more beautiful animal for the second half of the day. Okay, what's the question? So would you say, says the Gemara, mihabia tamura mehi shaisa? What would you say? Would you say that both animals become hectic immediately? So the answer is certainly not. In other words, in that scenario, right, where you explicitly intended that the other thing, the other animal is going to take over in the middle of the day, right? Would you say that all of a sudden both animals become hectic immediately at that initial point? Again, Barry, at 6 a.m., Okay, you're making a statement. You're going to say, I'm going to be Makdash animal A now, and I'm going to be Makdash animal B at noon. Would you say that both animal A and animal B would be, would all of a sudden become hectic at 6 a.m.? You would never say that, right? Well, why not, says the Gemara. After all, you erroneously, right, did a postponed hectic, but the difference is that you, and, and therefore, it should be hectic according to Beit Shammai. But we know that that's not the case, and nobody would say that that's the case. Right? Says the Gemara. So maybe it would work in the sense that at midday, all of a sudden, it would become hectic, right? Maybe there would be hectic on the second animal, but it, you would never say that there'd be hectic on the second animal until midday. Once midday kicks in, then you could say, you know what? Now we have the principle of Tamura, where you were Makdash, the first animal, and then you kind of time set the second animal, and you know what? The second animal will, in fact, become Hektish. Why? Because even though this is an erroneous thing and something that you should never really do, it really worked, because this is the principle of Tamura, that you didn't know what you were doing, but starting Chatzos, both animals become Hektish. That, that, would, that would be what would happen. But the, but the point the Gemara is trying to make is that until Chatzos, nothing would happen. And what the Gemara wants to say is that the, what's going on until Chatzos is more similar to what's going on in our Mishnah with the black ox. Why? Because you explicitly said that you wanted only the first animal to be hectic until noon, right? And so one would never argue that the second animal becomes hectic before that. Maybe the principle of tomorrow would make it hectic after noon. But it'll never make it hectic before that. So similarly in our Mishnah, you explicitly said that you wanted hectic to be on the black, on the black sheep, as it were, right on the black ox. And so you're gonna. So would you say? So that's more similar to the second animal, right? The white ox is like the second animal pre-noon, right, in the morning, where you explicitly said you have no intention of having hectic on that animal at that point. So, okay, afternoon, even though that's not the way it's supposed to work, you fall into the halacha of Tamura and both will be hektish. But before noon, when you explicitly indicated that you have no intention of being makdish, that second animal, of course it wouldn't be hektish yet. So similarly here, why would the white ox have any hektish on it when you explicitly said that you want the black ox to come in? All right, so that's what the Gemara concludes in its question. It says, hachanami, l'chimigdaidya milsa, right? In our Mishnah, right, that when when it's revealed, right? Migalia when when and if the black ox would come out, that would be the ox that would be hekdesh. So just like this animal, that would be hekdesh at noon. And so what is Bechamai getting at when he thinks that there's any Tamura right application to our concept of waiting for the black ox in the right in the Mishnah? 
So based on that, Rav Papa re, re um, invents, right, reposes Beit position in our Mishnah as follows. Amar Papa. That's why when he said uh, Rishon, when he said the statement, uh, he said Rishon. What did he say? He said, Shor Shachar Shiesim Beiti Rishon. The first Shor Shachar. Harehu Hekdesh. Rav Papa takes this word, the first, short, the first black shore that comes out of my house, and he builds a whole different halacha of what Becham is actually saying in our Mishnah as follows. He says, rishon. What he really meant was, the first of the black oxen that comes out of my house, that's the one that I want to make hektesh. Right? So, in other words, even if a white ox comes out, that's not the one that I want to make hektesh. It's the first one, first black one that comes to the house. Of course, we're going to have to ask, well, if he says that, so then what's the question? Of course it should be hekdesh when, the, when finally the black ox comes in. Well, the chiddush is yatsa lavan. Well, which one, according to Beit Shammai, which one is going to be hekdesh? The white one or the black one? So according to the way Rav Papa is explaining it, the simple explanation is that he says the first black ox comes out of my house should be hekdesh. For yatsa lavan, a white ox comes out, it's not going to be hekdesh. When it says Bechamai Omim Hektish in a Mishnah, it means when that first block, black ox does in fact come out, it will be Hektish. Okay, let's see. The Gemara, however, says Vahashor Shachor Ka'amar. Wait a minute. The, the Mishnah never says that, that. The Mishnah only says Amar Shor Shachor Shiyetzi Mibesi. It doesn't say Mibesi Rishon, Harei Hektish. It says, it doesn't say, it says Shor Shachor, right? One black ox which implies that there's only a single black ox, right? That's, that's what it sounds like, because after all, if you had meant the first black ox, you would have said, Shor, Shachor, Rishon, or Shor, Rishon. I mean, he does say the first one to come out of my house, but when he says Shor, Shachor, it sounds like there's only one black ox. That's what the Gemara is saying now. Right, as the Gemara says, does it not seem to imply, like when you heard first heard it, does it not seem to imply that he only had one black ox? He said, the black ox that comes out. Sounds like he only has one black ox, and that's what they have to say, that they don't think Rav Papa is right, they don't think that the case is where there are many black oxen, and that what he meant was the first black ox that comes out. Uh, the Gemara says, wait, what do you mean? Lo tzricha de'es lei trained lasa. It sounds like it could mean, according to Rav Papa, it could mean, or it certainly only would make any sense if he, all, if he had at least two or three, right, trained plus two or three oxen, right? That has to be the mission's case, according to Rav Papa, because that's the whole point of Rav Papa. Rav Papa is saying, not the first ox, obviously, because the first ox was white, and not any black ox, but the first black ox, well, in order for the first black ox to make any sense, it has to be multiple oxen. Okay. So what would Beis Hill, according to Beis Shammai, what would be his argument? If he said the first black ox, and, the, and then the halacha, according to Beis Shammai, we're saying that that is, the, in fact, the one that becomes hektish, why would Beis Hill argue? Says the Gemara, Beis Hill, according to Rav Papa, Beis Hill isn't arguing on which one becomes hektish, but those what's really the underpinnings of the fundamental halacha? No. The argument, according to Beis Hillel, is what is, in fact, the case? And so Beis Hillel is saying, no, the case can't be where, that, where that, the man, that the man who made the declaration means the first of the black oxen. Rather, 
if because if that was the case, he would have said she rishon, which emerges first. But why does he add from my house again? The statement he said was shoshachar sheyetse mi beisi rishon. Well, yetse mi beisi rishon sounds like he means the first ox to come from my house. Why is he saying if he meant right? As if he had really meant that he wants to be. Uh, Makdish, the first black ox, he would have said, Amar Shor Shachar Sheyetse Rishon, Harehu Hekdish. The first black ox that goes out will be Hekdish. But he said, No, Sheyetse me Besi. And according to Basilel, that means the first ox to come out of my house altogether. And so the Machalokas is, How do you interpret Sheyetse me Besi Rishon? Do you interpret like Basilel, who means that he really expects the first ox to come out to be black, and then when the first ox that comes out is white, it's not Hekdesh? Or do you understand it like Beit Shammai, that when he says the first black ox to come to our house, he means the first of all the black oxen, but not the very first ox. And such, when the first ox that comes out is white, it still wouldn't be Hekdesh, but the first black ox that does come out would in fact be Hekdesh. This is all the Machokas, Beit Shammai, and how you interpret it within Rav Papa. Okay, now Rava takes her Papa's approach as Mahalach in this Mishnah, and he has questions. First of all, Amale Rava mi Barnesh. This is not any old Rava, it's Rava from Barnesh, okay. Amale Rava mi Barnesh Laravashi. Hi, Hektish Batosu. Hektish Bechavanahu. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about Hektish Batos. Isn't that in fact the, uh, isn't that in fact the first line of our Mishnah? Bechama Amim Hektish Tos Hektish. Wasn't that like a fundamental thing that we thought we were learning? And then we compared it to Tamura. Like, this was the topic, right? But, this, but if that's the topic, then this has nothing to do with Hektesh Betos. According to Beit Shammai, they say Hektesh Betos, Hektesh. What's Hektesh Betos? If the argument is about what he meant, then there was no Tos at all, Barry. The guy said, I want to be Makdish, according to or Papa, Beit Shammai is interpreting his words to mean, I want to be Makdish, the first black ox that comes to my house. Sure, it comes out of my house. Sure enough. A white ox comes out, but that's, that wasn't you know, what he intended. The first, then a black, black ox comes out, and that's what he intended. That's not a hektish batos. It works perfectly. It's just an interpretation of what he meant. But once you interpreted what he meant that way, then it's a perfectly cogent hektish. So the Gemara answer is no. Mishum de'atye What does it mean, tos? Atoye ledibure. The tos here that we're talking about is not that he didn't know the halacha, as we had said, in Tamura, nor is it that he thought a white ox was going to come out and a black ox was going to come out, like we originally interpreted in Mishnah. But what's the tos? It's the ambiguity of his phraseology. As the Rush says, I'll say it outside, hekdesh shedome ktsat latos. It's not really a tos. It's an erroneous, ambiguous language, Right? And that's the toes. So that kind of takes the teeth out of the Mishnah, right? We thought we were learning a fundamental halacha about hektish batos. No, all it means is he said an ambiguous statement, and we have a chlokas bichan basil, what he meant. <laughs> that, and that's the toes. Okay. So the, okay, so that is, um, that is how the Gemara right now is explaining, right, what her papa says. Wait a minute. So if that's the case, the Gemara now asks, v'savri bichamai, Hektesh betos lo havi hektesh. Wait, so if that's the case, 
what would you say Beit Shammai would hold in a case of really erroneous hekdesh, right? Forget about ambiguous language. What would they say about actual hekdesh batals? And we know that when it's ambiguous language, Beit Shammai is going to say that it is hekdesh. But what about real talos? Well, let's see. We're going to have Mishnayas indicating one way or the other. That's not. We uh, have learned in the Mishnah. We will actually learn it in the Mishnah Namid Beis if we get there. Mishnah Nazir and a person made an editor to be a Nazir. This is already a familiar scenario. And we know what this is doing in Masechah's in Nazir, this whole Hekdash issue. Right, he goes and he gets Hataras and Darm and undoes the Naziris. Now, of course, this is going to have to be before he ever became a Nazir. Okay? Because as we'll see, what happens now? Okay? And he had an animal already set aside, right? as we know, for the graduation ceremony of the Karbanas at the end. What happens? The animal goes back to the flock, which is to say, as we already know, that means that it never became hectic in the first place. It can go back to living the regular life of a chulan animal. Well, that's astonishing, Barry, because we already said, once you have hectic, you can't undo that. Well, the point is, it never was hectic. That's what I want to point out here. It, if you're not a Nazir, right, so the she'ela was prior, meaning if the she'ela turn, may, means, right, that you were never a Nazir in the first place, so then any hektesh that you imparted upon an animal to say this was going to be for the korbonos of, my, of the end of my Naziris is, is nonsense, right? Because there is no Naziris. You can't just designate an animal for the end of your Naziris before you become a Nazir. You have to first be a Nazir before you do that, okay? So therefore the animal is never made hektesh and it goes back. Okay, so Amr Basil Beit Shammai, and then Basil say to Beit Shammai, "Iate modim shehekdesh betosu." So in the very, in the very text of the Mishnah, Basil asks Beit Shammai, "Wait, wouldn't don't you hold that hekdesh betos is hekdesh? And if you hold that, v'teitzevetir ve'eder." So, in other words, don't you agree that the animal should go back to the flock? In other words, this is the real hekdesh betos. Well, that is, says the Gemara, Well, perhaps what happens here is that Beit Shammai would hold that in fact it does become hektish. In other words, if you look at the text of the Mishnah on, on Ahmed Bez, right, it's a, it, it just says, right, uh, and it literally says, hey, let's say the Beit Shammai, wouldn't you say hektish betos? He's like, what are you going to say? Uh, about this hektish betos, right? Shouldn't you say that it should be hektish and it should go, and therefore, how do you say that it goes back to being chulin once it becomes hektish? In other words, this case is, a, is really a hektish betos. He did try to be makdish the animal, right? That was his intention. That's what he did. Now, it was a tos, it was erroneous because it turns out he wasn't a nazir retroactively. So he was never a Nazir, so therefore that's Hekdesh Patas. But Basil says, wait, Bechama, what's your, where's your fundamental? Didn't we just start our parak by saying that Hekdesh Patas is Hekdesh? And that's certainly the dialogue in our Mishnah. And Ahmed Bey certainly would seem to imply that Bechama fundamentally would agree that Hekdesh Patas should become Hekdesh. So perhaps that's what they hold. So the Gemara says, not necessarily. Says the Gemara, Ela Basil, who the Kato? No, Basil were mistaken. What do you mean? Yeah, they read our Mishnah and they understood it the way we understood it. In other words, when Beis Hillel 
so to speak, read our Mishnah, and they saw that our Mishnah said, right, they thought that that was in fact what our Mishnah says. But Rav Papa would perhaps say, no, right? That, how do you like that? That according to Rav Papa, it actually works out because Beit Shammai turns around and says to Beis Hillel, no, when I say hektish, hektish, I, it sounds like a lot more than it is. I don't mean that fundamentally if you made an erroneous hektish that it, that it works. I just mean that if you said something ambiguous, right, so then we'll assume the worst, so to speak, or the best. We'll assume that you were makdashit. But the case of, right, the case of the Nazir that, retro, that was makdashit and intended to do so and uh, then retroactively became a non-Nazir, that's a real toast. I'm not, tell- I'm not talking about that case. I'm talking about the ambiguous language case. So amazingly, our Gemara says that it is Beis Hillel that understood Beis Shammai the way we initially understood it when we read the Mishnah. And Beis Shammai said to him, no, 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 I understand it the way Rav Papa explains it. I'm talking in the case of the black ox about the, about the ambiguous language, okay? So it says that now, that now we want to say, okay, so do we have any indication one way or the other about what Beit Shammai really does hold fundamentally with regards to a real hektish Shmatas? Ask the Gemara. Would you say that they hold the Lohavi Hektish? Tashma. Let's look now at the Mishnah Am Lamed Beis and Beis. That would seem to indicate that it would be hektish. What's the case? Six people are walking on the road. Okay. As we turn to Lamed Al from Beis. The Echad Bakanegdon. Somebody is coming towards them. The Amar Echad. One of the six, of the, of the group of six says, Hareini Nazir Shazeplani. I'm, I'm going to be a Nazir. I promise you, that's for sure, Matt. The Echad Amar Hareini Nazir Shazeplani. The second one says, no, I'm going to be a Nazir because that, uh, if it's not, in fact, not Matt. All right, so now it's a zero-sum game. Either it is or it isn't Matt. One of them is for sure right. One of them is for sure wrong. Then the third guy says, Hareini Nazir Shazeplani. Nazir Nazir. I'm going to be a Nazir that I know one of them, one of you is now a Nazir, which is actually true. He's for sure right, that third guy. Uh, then the fourth guy says, That guy's for sure wrong. The fourth guy says that neither, one of, that neither of you is going to be a Nazir. That can't be true. The fifth guy is saying something also can't be true, that both of them become Nazirim. Because after all, one, it's again a zero-sum game. Only one of them is right. It's either Matt or not. Those are the only two options. And then the sixth guy says, that all you all are Nazirim. Well, that's also not true because for sure one of them is not. Anyway, in that case, all of these cases, because of the fact, right, that some of them are certainly going to be Nazirim, Bechamai is going to say all of them are Nazirim. In other words, some of them are going to be Nazirim because what they said is for sure true. Like if it's Matt, for example, then the first guy is for sure a Nazir. But even the guy who thought it wasn't Matt, by, by saying that he would be a Nazir and he's willing to like put his money where his mouth is become a Nazir, if it's not Matt, well, that's a hektish batos. It's a form of hektish, it's a Nazirus batos, and becoming a Nazir is a form of hektish, okay? So, hektish batosu, right? Certainly, it was erroneous, right? Because for sure, some of the one, one of the at least a couple of the guys in this six-person posse are totally making a mistake, and yet since they've all committed to being a, a conditionally a nazir, even if that condition was erroneous, they are all going to become nazirim, as we'll see. All right, the katani kulam nazirim, 
according to Bechamai. Well, that seems to imply that Hekdish Betos is certainly Hekdish. To which the Gemara answers, Amri Savi Bechamai Hekdish Betos Savi Hekdish. Yeah, you know what? That's true. You know what? That's a good example. The Mishnah that we'll see in Lamed Beis about the six travelers, Bechamai does fundamentally hold the Hekdish Betos Savi Hekdish. But Hachalo, or if Papa is still going to maintain, that that's not what it means in our first line of our mission where it says hektish v'tah savi hektish. Einachinami, in other words. Bishamai does hold that hektish v'tah savi hektish. But that's not the topic of our Mishnah. That's not the reason why the black ox is hektish. He's talking about a different thing. Well, that's really confusing, Barry. Why would Bishamai use that fundamental sounding kind of language, right, that we're just about to learn a page, two pages later, and means something totally else in our mission. Well, that's how our papa understands it, because otherwise he doesn't, right, he doesn't understand why it would work for that animal. And so that was his explanation. That's the whole mahalach, okay? The first mahalach. Now we're going to have an alternative mahalach, a mahalach of Abaye. Abaye Omer, it's a whole different thing. It's not a guy at the beginning of the morning saying, let's see which, first, which ox comes out first. No, no, no. Loka sagadaitach the coin bitzafra. No, no, no. He didn't wake up in the morning and start making this declaration. Like Tzihara, like Tzoharayim. This is an afternoon case. What happens in the afternoon? In the past. Yeah, the first black ox that came from my house, that's the one that I want to make Hekdish. And they said to him, wait, a white one came out first. Had I known... That the first one that came out was white, I wouldn't have confused the issue by saying the first black one. So he's clearly indicating that his intention was to be Makdish the first black one. And so when he does that, that's a Hektish Batos. Ah, so that's the case. Okay, so now we understand, right, why we have this Machlokas about Hektish Batos about the black ox. So the Gemara says, I mean, Wait, can you really say that we're talking about the afternoon? Oh yeah, what about the second case when he's just reaching into his pocket? So the Gemara says, no problemo. No, just say. You know, he took it out of his pocket, flipped it in the air, put it on his palm, covered it and said, whatever this is here, that's going to be hectic, right? Some, some sort of retroactive thing where the case with the pocket is the same as the case with the shore. And similarly, what are you going to say about the barrel? Tani alta. Right? Turn everything to the past tense and everything works. Okay. Fine. And then, so that's the, the Machlokas. And since he has, as, as the Rush explains, since he has a valid explanation for why he mistakenly said black, so Bechama will rule that what? And again, this is critical. Huh. According to Abaye, we have a fascinating, uh, the Halacha Lamaisa, as it were, is different, which is to say, the white ox becomes hektish. That's what the rush explains. According to the rush, since he explains that what he really meant was that the first ox should be hektish, so now it's not the first black ox that comes out that's going to be hektish. According to this whole new revamped explanation of our Mishnah, it's the very first ox that comes out, which is to say the white ox is going to be hektish. And that's fundamentally important in understanding Abaye's take on our Mishnah. Fine. It's now 15 lines down. A black ox in a white, and this becomes really technical. We're kind of, at, we're going to be out of this hektish uh, vitas issue and a different hektish issue. Chista holds that a white ox is going to depreciate a herd. It's like the white sheep in the family, as it were, right? 
Um, or uchma bechivra, black ox in a white in a white herd rather. It's this is I'm, I'm feeling like I'm at the end stage Othello game over here, where the whites become the blacks and blacks become the whites. Here what here's what's going on: the black ox in the white herd, right, depreciates the herd because after all, the white oxen are the most valuable, obviously, and the black ones are less, as we'll see. In some places, it was the exact opposite. Be that as it may, chivra beuchma lakia. A white spot on a black ox is also like a skin disease, and that's not good. So sometimes it's good to have a black ox, sometimes it's good to have a white ox. Tanan. So now we learn in the Mishnah, That's our Mishnah. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We said the first black ox that comes from my house should be Hekdish. Well, it sounds like that when a person makes Hekdish, he wants to keep the best for himself. And the ayin ra, right? You're not supposed to have an ayin ra, but people are a little bit stingy when it comes to what they're going to give the shul, right? Like they'll build a beautiful, um, whatever, chair or desk for themselves and they'll do one that's just bare bones for the shul. So when you're being makdish, you have an ayin ra and you're stingy and that's why he was makdish the black ox. And yet, Beit would say that what? According to Abaye, at least, that the white ox is hektish. Well, According to Rav Chista, that who says that white oxen are more valuable than the black ox, why would Beit Shammai, according to this explanation of Abaye, say that the white ox is in fact hektesh? In other words, he expected the black ox to come out. And the white ox came out, but the white ox is so much more valuable. If you hold that a person only has in mind to be makdesh, that which is less valuable to hektesh, so how does the white ox become hektesh? It shouldn't. Obviously, he did not have it in mind. Says the Gemara, Elamai buying Yafa makdesh. Wait, are you sure? After all, maybe you're behind Yafa Makdish, because after all, he says, Dino Shazov, There's no way around that. Gold is more valuable than silver. And we know that he wanted to be Makdish the, right, the gold. And then the, the silver came out. Bechama, Omer, Hekdish. And Bechama there say that it is Hekdish. The Elamai, so what are you going to say? Behind Ra Makdish? Is that what? He was Makdish behind Ra? And what about the last case? Wait, so you think, isn't that the same as the gold and silver? He says that he's going to be makdish to the wine and it ends up being oil. And Bishamah says hektish. That's the same as silver and gold, is it? No. Says the says the Gemara, uh, topsy-turvy value system that they used to have in those days, Barry. Oil was more valuable than wine. How do you like that? Because oil was harder to make. You know how hard it is to press oil out of, out of uh, olives, it's easier to press wine out of grapes in those days. And so oil was, in fact, more right, uh, valuable. So we have these conflicting cases that seem to imply uh, conflicting things with regards to the Ayn Ra, Ayn Tova issue. So the Gemara answers, Yeah, no, in the Galil, right, wine is more valuable than oil. Right, because so therefore we are saying that all the cases are consistent, right? And the second thing is in fact uh, less valuable. Okay, so then Reisha Kashal of Chista. So what about the first case? It's a Kashal of Chista. Why did Beit hold the white ox? Right, we still haven't answered that. So we understand the relative value of of, sil- of gold to silver will be the same as uh, wine to oil. But what about white ox to black ox? Yeah, the Carmenian ox. The Carmenian oxen, there, the black ox is much more valuable. Okay, well, that seems to be contradictory between two statements of Chista. And Chivra Laraja. 
that a black ox is good for its skin, red ox for its meat, and a white ox for its plowing. And wait a minute, didn't Rav Chista himself say that a black ox and a herd of white oxen depreciates the herds? So how could it be that the white ox, right, is for plowing when the black ox is better? Says the Gemara, Ki Amr the Karmanai. Yeah, Rav Chista himself said, when I made that statement, I was talking about the Carmenian ox, which is better when it's black. So you see, that can be actually relative in terms of value. And so that's the added detail about Hektesh and what your intentions are in terms of value. Oh, we're late, so we'll resume with the Mishnah Bezat Hashem tomorrow, Bezat on the bottom of Lamed Alpham Bez.